0: Hey there, and welcome to the Skin Lovers Unite podcast. My name is Kelly, otherwise known as Skin Queen, and I'm so excited to educate you on all things real skin science. Over the past five years, I've gone from working as a dermal therapist to a clinical educator where I worked with some of Australia's leading skincare companies, learning so much about the skin and science behind how it all works. And now I'm here to share all my knowledge with you. Let's jump right into today's episode. Hello, skin lovers. I hope you are well. What have you been up to? It is a Friday as I'm recording this. I'm super late this week. Oh my gosh! So this week has been like the first week in maybe two weeks that I've actually had time to like sit and chill. And I thought today, like, fuck it, I'm gonna go see my nana, take my dog to the beach, and then I went had a beautiful salad. Now I'm home. I'm finally editing. Podcasts. I'm like, oh I'm so behind. But anyway, you're listening to this on a Monday or maybe sometime in the future. This episode is all about why you shouldn't be using micellar water on your skin, and it is with a fabulous guest, Robin McAlpine, which you probably all know. She is the expert skin therapist on Instagram, and she is also the author of Skin Side Out. Now I do apologize for the audio in advance. I recorded it from Zoom straight onto my podcasting equipment, but I've since learned that when you actually do a Zoom, it'll download the audio separately, and then I can upload it into my podcasting. So hey, it's all a learning process, but I hope you can still hear the interview today. I hope you learned so much, and as always, don't forget to share this on Instagram and give me a review if you can. But let's get into today's episode. Alrighty, I'm so excited today because today I have a special guest with me. Her name is Robin McAlpine, and you may know her from writing the book Skin Side Out. And Robin and I have been talking recently, and I really wanted to get her on the podcast today because of a bit of a controversial topic. But I might pass over to Robin and let her introduce herself, and if you could tell us how long you've been in the industry for. Thank you so much for
1: having me, Kelly. Uh, it's always to be able to share what I know um, with as many people as I can because I'm here to uh, make skin famous <laughs> <laughs> to, to tell everybody and help everybody understand how skin really works. So I've been in the beauty industry for all oh, about 17 years, getting close to two decades in the industry and I really focus on skincare and skin health. Um, and that's kind of how the book Skin Side Out eventuated because I wanted to reach as many people as possible and help them understand skin and not talk about just products because knowing products and skincare products doesn't make you a skin expert um there's a very big difference between understanding how cells structure and function contributes to the health and and the appearance of our skin and yes skincare does help that but yeah you're in need to have a little bit more knowledge about skin to, to know what
0: you're doing with products and like I know you can't see faces on this podcast but I'm doing a big head nod in agreement because <laughs> I just think so much of what we learn in terms of the skin as skin therapists comes from the people that we actually get our products from and I was one of those people for the better part of seven years but I knew there was a marketing agenda and there always is when a product company and products actually need to be sold in order to make money so when I read your book it really blew my mind and you know that was a little while ago so can you tell us how and why you got into corneotherapy and how it has actually changed the way that you treat skin and maybe we'll even backtrack a little bit for those who don't know although I have spoken about it on the podcast quite a lot can you explain what corneotherapy is
1: yes so I discovered corneotherapy about 10 or 11 years ago when I know enough about skin to be a skin expert or to even be guiding people in their skin choices. And I just felt like a bit like you, a bit misguided in everyone raves about a skincare product and a skincare brand, but I wanted to know why or how or what's actually going on and what's so good about this product. And I'm a natural born skeptic of anything. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's done me very well in this industry because not all skincare is skincare. care. So when I discovered the principles of corneotherapy, it really started me looking at products in a very different way. Because the principles of corneotherapy are really about respecting the stratum corneum and the skin's barrier at all times. And we've often had a grasp of that when it comes to treatments, so not using the really invasive stuff. We've kind of, as an industry, steered away from that. But we haven't taken as much notice of our skincare products and ingredients and how they may or may not adhere to the principles of corneotherapy. And if they're using ingredients that are disrupting the skin's barrier function and how our skin works. So, corneotherapy really is about aligning your products and your treatments and what you're doing to always maintain the skin's structural integrity.
0: And I think it's so important, and hopefully it's something that does become a little bit more mainstream, because the amount of um, B to C, or or actually more consumer groups that I'm actually a part of, and the amount of people that I actually see saying, you know, I'm using a retinol, I'm using an enzyme exfoliant, I'm using a glycolic a cleanser and I'm using a granular exfoliant and all of a sudden my skin is so sensitive, I haven't changed anything. I've only been using this for the past three months. What could be possibly going on? I'm like, oh no. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. No idea. I wonder what's going on. I'm like, okay, to start off with, where is your moisturizer and SPF? And secondly, why are you using so many exfoliating products? Like, And I think that's the number one thing that people are seeing in clinics so much. And you could probably um, like chime in on this, but the number one thing people tell me they see in clinic is people coming in with sensitive skin. Yeah,
1: and that's usually... You know, sensitive skin isn't a skin type. It's a skin yep. condition, and it's usually... A result of skin non care yeah. <laughs> being used for, or um, being applied to the skin, and it's not always about the fancy fat ingredients, you know, the actives, it's also looking at what those actives are lying in because we can't pretend that just because it's got some good ingredients in it, that the carrier agents or the binding agents, the preservatives, um, all of the other things that make it a cream formula aren't also having an impact on our skin and how our skin functions so yes oftentimes i've got clients coming into the clinic and then you know they've been using the same products for quite a while and that nothing's changed yet their skin's becoming more and more sensitive and that's because over time they're deteriorating in that skin barrier Um, And it doesn't always happen overnight, you know. It's this constant daily application, bit by bit by bit. It would be like if you had a house and you're missing one roof tile. You're not going to notice straight away. But over time, roof tiles are being chipped away and you're losing two or three every day and um you know you might not notice until the storm comes and all of a sudden your roof's full of holes Um, and that's the same with skincare because our skin and our biology is always going to try and rebuild our skin for us so we're not going to notice every single day if we're using those inflammatory ingredients or or skincare that's not respecting our skin barrier that that's when over time you'll become more and more sensitized or your skin just changes even though you haven't changed anything
0: that's it and i love that you use the roof tile analogy because that's the exact one that i use and i always say that you can use all these amazing products to clean up the inside of your house once the storm has passed but if you're not repairing those roof tiles you know what's the point like you're just going to continue to have damage. So that's a really good segue to talk about because the whole reason why I wanted to get you on the podcast today was because I saw your controversial reel. I only saw it when it had maybe 300,000 views. You just told me that it's got over a million views and it's gone viral as per se. And you were saying that the comment section has just gone crazy. And that was all about why you shouldn't be using micellar water. And you would actually say that it's more of a dirty word rather than a clear word. So, I'd love to get your insight on this because as I said to you before we jumped on the podcast, there are so many skincare brands that I'm sure therapists stock that have micellar water in the range. So, you know, I'd love to do the deep dive on why they shouldn't shouldn't be using micellar water or shouldn't rather we should stick with.
1: <laughs> this feels like such a controversial topic over one simple product product. Um, and yeah, my very simple Tongue in cheek real, <laughs> against my <laughs> cellar water had 1.3 million views, and their comments are spicy. <laughs> we <We'll have> to <laughs> go and have a know. look. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I actually haven't read them all because I just don't give too up much Yeah, the time. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's amazing how many people will very strongly defend uh, a product as though I've attacked them personally. <laughs> but I really. I'm very passionate about this because my cellar water came onto the market. It's been out quite a few years now, and it's been touted as a really gentle mm. makeup remover. Um, and what it actually is, it's it's, it's emulsifiers, or um, that are used to break down foundation and makeup and all the things that are in our skin. But what emulsifiers actually do is they start. If we go back to the roof tile analogy, it actually starts to chip away at our roof tile and the glue that holds all of our rooftops together so all the stuff that sits between ourselves is this really delicate balance of oil and water and it's this it's meant to be this particular recipe but the micellar water actually starts to bind all that together and break it down and the thing with micellar water is it's been promoted as this almost a leave-on product you wipe the micellar water over your skin and then you continue on with the remaining steps of your skincare regime or if you've had a big night out you fall straight into bed yeah <laughs> and that, that micellar water is staying on your skin and it doesn't just switch off and go oh my work here is done now those emulsifiers are still going oh well the water oh we're supposed to bind this up so oh there's plenty here we'll just keep doing it and and what ends up happening is when we eventually do wash that off our skin um, we actually wash off that product and also those lipids and, and um, those multilamellar bilayers mm. get washed down the plug hole with it as well and so my- most people tell me, oh, but their skin feels nice and moisturized and smooth after using micellar water. And this is where we're going to come back to that conversation where your skin becomes more sensitized because yeah. gradually, my bit, it's breaking that down, that skin barrier and that structure. Yeah. And it's not giving our skin time to regenerate before we go at it again. And then if we add onto that, you know, your glycolics or your vitamin A's and all the other ingredients we've been talking about, it's just this chemical cocktail that, undermines the biology
0: of our skin. Yeah, that's totally like I've read it in your book before, but the way that you explain it then I just got such a good visual explanation in my head. So thank you so much for explaining that. Is there anything else that beauty professionals then should be keeping their eye out for with in terms of cleansers or other ingredients in cleansers? I know you just said emulsifiers, are there anything else that is like a big no-no for you? Um
1: it really does depend on the client and the skin and what it is that we're treating but for me my philosophies of skin are to avoid anything that's not physiological mm. and this goes for all products not just cleansers. so you know things like fragrances food colorings and dyes mineral oils silicons amines preservatives um those emulsifiers and binding agents all of those are things that are going to break down a skin barrier or interfere with how our skin works so they're my things to avoid love it (laughs) in my clinic that's what I look for um but yeah a lot of professional rangers still do carry those ingredients and it really just comes down to your skin treatment philosophy you know some people are of the peels and and acids kind of as treating skin and that's their philosophy and I used to be one of those therapists because that's all I knew before I found corneotherapy it really was about well if you've got acne you need to you know, basically scrape your skin off and start again. Um, whereas once I understood corneotherapy and I had a very strong understanding of how skin works, to me it was like that marriage of the things and I felt like I'd found my home and I'd come you know, found my family. Yeah,
0: I totally (laughs) agree with that. It's interesting because I did a post a little while ago on Instagram and I said, there's two types of therapists. There are therapists who want the strongest, hardest, like craziest peel and want to rip off their skin. And there are ones who just love facials and looking after their skin. And I said, which one are you? And I still think like 80% of people were like, yes, that's me. And I actually got the inspiration from, I'm a part of a esthetician group in America just because they've got so much different technology and such a different perspective on the, on the whole industry. So I love being in that group. But I opened up the group one time and somebody said, I'm looking for an eighty percent lactic peel, the strongest I can get without a doctor. Does anybody know of a brand that can supply one to me? And I was like, eighty percent lactic? Like what the hell is like are people still doing this? So it's well, crazy. Skeleton, like there goes all your
1: face
0: Oh my gosh. I was like, what are you doing this for? Like what? I couldn't even believe it. But I'm the exact same as you. Like for so long, I was so big into peels cause I didn't know anything um, different until I actually completely damaged my skin. And I still remember still to this day, it was like November, 2019. And even now, like, even if I do like a vitamin A peel with like 2% lactic, my barrier becomes so impaired, so I've really learnt to respect it over the past two years and it's made a huge change in my skin. So lastly, I, I really I Yeah, you go. <laughs>
1: oh, I was just gonna say we've really turned the tide as an industry and I think that has really come down to therapists who just are hungry for more knowledge on skin. And we all know how a pill works. Yeah. But we don't always know why we why are we doing it? What is the actual purpose behind why we're doing it? So I think when you start to question and start to go, but why? But mm. why to everything, that's when you start to shift and start to yeah look, look at skin differently.
0: You would almost be a trainer's worst nightmare. <laughs> but why? <laughs> why? Yeah, <laughs> Keep I'm, prodding.
1: I'm that annoying person in class. It's like, but hang on, I don't, I actually don't understand what do you should can you can
0: you explain it again <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah it's true though and um one of my tabs that I've got open on my computer right now is a survey that I did of the industry at the beginning of the year and I said what is one of the things that you struggle with education in the industry and they said like probably 80 percent of the responses was inconsistent and conflicting information with no real backup and resources and I was like you're so right <laughs> like it just makes is, sense
1: um, I've just done some research, quite similar, actually. I did a yep. survey for – because I'm building a course that teaches you how to do a consultation. Yes. I was asking people, I asked therapists all around the world, what are the things that you struggle with? And one of the questions was, what study do you do? Like, what mm. courses have you done? And so many people were hesitant because they felt like the courses were either going to be a waste of money. Yep. They weren't sure what they were actually going to learn from that course and that the courses were very – product bias or brand bias and they were going to be you know talking about the benefits and features of a product and not actually talk about skin yeah so it was just really interesting eye-opening on education yeah yeah
0: lots of opportunity for us hey (laughs) (laughs) so lastly I really wanted to finish up with going over what she is I've pronounced that right haven't I (laughs) Gee. <laughs> because I've recently um, discovered yeah,
1: it. Yeah. It's something that we've really only implemented into my business in the last six to 12 months. Um, and it's funny. You're right. People don't know how to say it. They go, what's that? <laughs> Quee. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? I don't care how you say it as long as you ask me about it yeah. because it's such an incredible treatment. And I'm still learning my feet in this. I'm still very new to it. So the technical questions still sometimes catch me up a little bit yeah but it works uh you might have seen on instagram or all over social media these beautiful gold magnet facial that it's like cleopatra it's just this. that's it i've seen you in your
0: elevator and you're like oops forgot to take these off and i'm like what is this
1: <laughs> I, I now leave my house with the ones i just forget that they're there
0: why not um,
1: <laughs> But I started looking into it because I remember seeing this, I feel like it was about 2006, but it might have been a bit later than wow. that. Wow. I remember looking at it going, what is this? Like, Novelty. Come on, as if this is going to work. And this is when I was still in that hardcore skin training phase, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, this is just so. Woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very woo woo. And it still takes me a bit to wrap my head around it because I'm very science y, yep. but a little bit woo woo as well. So. I looked into it a bit more seriously this year and started to understand more about how static magnetic fields work and how they work within skin. And it's using these little spherical gold plated magnets to stimulate our chi or chi's energy and use those static magnetic fields to help our skin realign and get into this perfect state of homeostasis. Because homeostasis is going to function and flourish at its very, very best. So this works... We kind of think about skin in this, like, bottom to top level. We don't think... We just kind of think about it in 2D. This has really opened up to my my mind to thinking about skin in 3D and just realigning how everything's functioning. And the the way the amazing Kathy has created this and, and works with it is really about getting cell signalling happening in a really, um, calm kind of way. Instead of kind of everyone yelling and screaming at each other and the communication being a bit, a bit hit and miss, the way these magnets work is to get that cell communication to be just delivered in a really functional manner. So I love that. It still blows my mind. I'm still, um, I, think I still can't quite get my head around how it's working. And so I think like any good thing that we work with, it takes a lot of working with something. Yeah. You know, I've been working with my skincare brand that I use for 10 years and I still yeah. <laughs> am learning. So this still feels very new to me with this um, treatment. But one of the key things for me was that this was, again, not about disrupting a skin barrier. yeah, And it was about helping the barrier to realign itself and put itself back together. Um, So there's nothing invasive about it. And I remember looking at, you might have seen little indents on people's skin once they've removed the magnets or the magnets are being taken away. And I thought, oh, is it the weight of the magnets that's pushing down in the skin? But it's actually that these draw hydration up (sighs) from the dermis into the epidermis. And what happens is the skin actually starts to swell up and around the magnet itself, which is what gives it that indent for a few moments after the treatment. So we're bringing in, you know, the GAGs, glyceosin, hyaluronic yeah. acid, and drawing that up. And with that brings all that nutrition into the skin. And kind of flushes it in
0: there. That sounds like the most amazing thing ever. I discovered it last year and um, I actually discovered it from a lady and she was showing me the results that she had used on her husband. Her husband had a bit of a cancerous growth that he had gotten cut out and the doctors said to him like that's going to scar for ages and she was doing chi on him and she showed me the progress photos over a period of six months. I was like, what is this? And she couldn't really explain it too. She was like, it just realigns the energies and it just, it's really healing. And that like, once again, I'm a bit like you. I was like, that's not enough for me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, sounds woo woo. But the results were just absolutely incredible. So I was really fascinated when I saw you using it. Cause I'm like, hold on, there's somebody else, like somebody who is very sciencey. I need to know from you what you really love about it.
1: It's When it's about scar formation um, or with wound healing, it's amazing because it's working with the way collagen forms itself in that wound healing phase. So it's about instead of, you know, when you get scar collagen, it's grown quite quickly and it's just kind of dumped itself all in there because it's like, hey, well, I fixed the problem. You're not bleeding anymore. That's it. What do you want from me? Whereas it's a more, I guess, not so much a slow growth collagen. I get what you mean well woven um and, a, and
0: a more organized
1: yeah organized that's what i'm looking for yeah more organized laying down at that collagen
0: that's amazing
1: it's um, it's amazing yeah
0: well hopefully you'll be out of lockdown soon so you can start performing uh, more chi facials
1: i was at work today and i i forgot to go i was going to grab a pot of little magnets and try and do it to myself
0: at home <laughs> yes I love that well thank you so much for jumping on the podcast today I always love to keep these brief because everybody has short attention spans but I'm sure that everybody is going to take so much from this episode they're probably going to go home and throw out their micellar waters now
1: <laughs> then my work share is yeah.
0: done <laughs> I <laughs> so love I'm that very very
1: happy well, thank, yeah,
0: you, so thank much. you so much
1: for having me and just having the opportunity to have a chin wag about
0: skin because it's, I love nothing more. <laughs> yes. I love it. All right. Thank you, Robin. And let me click. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it or learned something new, be sure to share this on Instagram and tag me at skin queen. That's queen with three E's and I'll be sure to repost you. Have an amazing day and stay moisturized.